Ladies and gentlemen, I finally made it to the muscles from Brussels. That's right, folks. I'm watching Van Damme movies today, and I'm talking about it tonight. I I'm watching them all at once right now on six separate monitors. They're all playing <laughs> at the same time, wow. so I get the full experience. Ooh. So you guys are going to see, you're going to be hearing me react to each one, and I'm going to be screaming, I could be crying, could be laughing. Maybe. Uh, I ran the gamut this uh, this time around. There's a lot of interesting films here that I frankly forgot about. You forgot. I forgot. And of course, I'm here with uh, Steve O'Tiri and John That's right. Suarez. The knees from Belize, folks. That's me. <laughs> Uh, I don't have anything. <laughs> I, have anything I thought about that one for a little bit. I pre-gamed. I pre-planned that one. <laughs> I had ever. I, I talked enough. I was giving some guys some time to think of something, but I didn't even think of anything because I was talking the whole time. So uh, I was trying to work out something with Rhode Island for Stin, but I just oh, I couldn't think of it. The man. the man from Rhode Island. No, no. The only one, the only one I have is an insult, and I, I do not want to throw that one out. Oh, I want to hear it at oh. least. It's not directed at Stin. It's not directed at Stin, but no one wants to be attached to that one. <laughs> well, I don't Come even on. know. The choke from the island of Road. <laughs> the island of Road. I love it. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. No, Stin's gonna send me dick pics after this. <laughs> I ain't no joke. It ain't no whoa, joke. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> you didn't need to send two pictures. <laughs> Put them together. Oh my god. Well, folks, um, specifically, I watched six films uh, of the uh, Jean Claude Van Damme variety. Jean Jean Claude genre. Um, I watched Bloodsport, Kickboxer, Lionheart. Universal Soldier, Hard Target, and Time mm. Cop. Those are the ones I Whoa, chose. whoa, whoa. You're missing a couple there. Of course I am, John. Insane. Of course. You're missing a few. But. I'm missing. Uh... I'm missing Street Fighter. I'm missing Double You're Team. Missing double double I'm Impact. Missing double <laughs> Hold Impact. On. Yeah, can, can we just be clear on here? This isn't a real. This can't be a real assessment because you didn't watch the only movie. That in his repertoire that stars two Jean Claude Van Dams, which is Double Impact, <laughs> where he plays a set of twins. Well, I'm, I'm, John, I'm glad you brought this up because I did specifically pick films that resonated with me when I was a kid. These are all movies that I've seen multiple times as a child. And uh, to boot, I picked movies of one from almost every year, starting from 1988 and ending in 1994 so we get like we get like prime jean-claude van damme movies i know but this is also this is a this is like kind of a spiritual sequel to Bloodsport because bolo young is also in double <laughs> impact too well i have another spiritual sequel in here with another villain from another jean-claude van damme movie so i felt like you know i'm hitting okay. as many buttons okay. as i can okay. here i'm All trying right, that's fair uh, also didn't want to watch 20 movies like I did with David Cronenberg. <laughs> that was rough. Put yourself through pain. Yeah. That was really hard. Yeah. I was making a lot of time to watch 
college movies from a weird director. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't working out too well. Um, yeah, I picked these based really on nostalgia and one in particular based on somebody else's nostalgia, which was hard target. Um, I chose that one. I I've never seen that. Wow. That's a great, time. that's a classic. Oh, yeah. I mean, on terms of Van Damme movies, there, there's some classics in here. There's some surprises. Yeah. You know, no, I mean, cause like, that's the thing. Like when you, cause you, you think about the nineties and you think about action movies, like there's a couple names that come to mind. And mm-hmm. when you pit a, a Jean-Claude Van Damme against a Steven Seagal, the Van Damme movies are just way better, way better, way better than the Seagal movies. Way, it's not even a question. Yeah. They're, they're, they're better directed. Usually the action is a lot more alive. He's just, and he's a likable person like he's, he's got, got, got likable yeah he's he's, he's not i mean I'm, he's not a good he's not a great actor but at the same time he's like he's always a likable dude like i'm gonna kick that son of a bitch bison's ass so hard <laughs> hold the that the next bison wannabe is gonna feel it like that kind of stuff and, and now we're gonna find out too as i as i was doing research for these movies that he got both men and women to show up to the movie theaters like he was, oh yeah okay he was popular with both are genders. you trying to say that seagal was not a uh, a sex icon like <laughs> van damme was is that what you're trying to say well there's there's a specific moment that i was learning about that you guys are gonna you guys are gonna love it so when we get there okay. man it's it's fucking gold <laughs> it's about that in particular um okay but I think uh, what what I liked too about what we're gonna get with that that fact that we're gonna get to is it was Jean Claude Van Damme's decision because he knew he knew he knew what to do he knew what to what to do to attract people. Um, but first, before we get to that, I'm gonna start in chronological order. I'm gonna start with Bloodsport as the first film uh, of the series that I watched, um, and we all hold pretty. Pretty tight bond to this movie. Yeah, I, I love Bloodsport. Mm. I love Bloodsport. It's like so ingrained in my childhood. <laughs> I think I watched this more than all the others. I don't know about you guys. Um, oh, yeah, I watched. I, mean, I, I watched it frequent. But I, I mean, I was, I was always torn because I mean, you'll get to it too. But I was, I was always, I couldn't decide if I liked Bloodsport or Kickboxer more. I think as an older person now, I feel like Bloodsport is more nostalgic to me i would agree 100 percent. iconic i would agree even on this watch i agree this most current watch i think i solidified that Bloodsport. it's it's just it's just good it's like i don't know i don't want to say it's like all it's up there with like terminators and no and stuff but like you know it's in the maybe the a tier below that on the nostalgia factor i think we should preface this by saying i don't think any of these movies are on that level yeah yeah yeah. no that's what i say maybe maybe a tier below just because i really like like if terminators the terminators and the matrix like i was going to the movies to see those absolutely like the the van damme movies were the ones me and my cousin joey would pick at the van damme the These Van the Damme movies are the blockbuster. Yeah, they're, they're like the they're like movies. Commando. Right. Where yeah, like you right. love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I'm just saying like caliber and quality. Because <laughs> that's the same. Ar- Arnold Arnold had did he Hold did on. the whole gamut. He did the whole gamut Pause. of action movies. He did. Pause. He Steve. did. Commando is on a tier above 
even those of even Terminator. Terminator. (laughs) (laughs) Commando, I feel like, is his most Jean Claude Van Damme esque role. (laughs) Come on, man, you're fucking killing me here. I think so. Tell me, tell me that movie would be bad if JCVD was in it. 80s Jean Claude. (laughs) I think it would be just as good. Because, like, I could see Jean Claude saying, saying. Don't bother my friend. He's dead tired. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine Claude saying that too. I know. Yeah, but can you imagine Van Damme holding an entire tree trunk? Or... No, I can imagine him <laughs> no, ripping, no, no, no. A, ripping booth. a fucking telephone booth out of the ground at the end of the mall. Ripping a car seat. Out. A car. See, I mean, All come on, man. All this was improv from <laughs> JCVD of Van Damme, of, of uh, Arnold movies. It's... All right, all right. More like a running man, maybe. I, more I, like it's the origin <laughs> story of Arnold Schwarzenegger as a person, his commando. Listen, I, I look at Jean-Claude Van Damme as a, a I'm gonna, I don't want to say a better version of Arnold Schwarzenegger, because that's not true at all. He's like a faster, more... Uh, oh, if you spec... If you spec'd uh, Arnold differently yeah. on a character sheet, you would <laughs> yeah. get JCVD. If you went more, more into dex than strength, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you, okay. get, you get Jean-Claude Van Damme. So what, D, what D&D classes would each of these guys be? Would okay. they be the same? I uh, think they'd be different. Arnold is a barbarian. I believe JCVD would be a fighter. I would say monk. Oh, really? I would. Because of the you think way there's some religious, <laughs> religious <laughs> behind those punches. Not so much that. It's, well, in Bloodsport, yes. I think there is some like spiritual. Oh, yeah. Thing. He is Frank Ducks. <laughs> you know, he's Frank Dukes. So there's Duke some. It, yeah. There's, there's some like, there's some spirituality based on like his sensei and the, the training that he receives. So like, I, I went with Monk because monks are like, you know, first of all, they fight with their fists. And, you know, secondly, it's more like kung fu based. I feel like that's a big element in a lot of these movies. So not so much in the later ones, actually, but I feel like Kickboxer and Bloodsport have that, you know, mm-hmm. in droves. But uh, yeah, as far as Bloodsport goes, we've both seen this so much. We've all seen this so much, and I'm sure you guys out there probably have seen it a bunch too. Uh, but I want to share this little bit of information. Uh, this was actually from an interview with the co-writer Sheldon Latish. This name will come back. Um, he uh, wrote the screenplay and wrote the story for Bloodsport. And he, this is his comment about Frank Dukes, who he met in real life. Uh, I had known Frank Dukes for a number of months before I came up with the idea for Bloodsport. Frank told me a lot of tall tales, most of it which were bullshit. But his stories about the Kumite event sounded like a great idea for a movie. Dukes introduced one guy to me named Richard Bender, who claimed to have actually been at Dukes Kumite event and swore everything he said was true. A few years later, Frank and Rich had a falling out and <laughs> and Rich told me that Frank coached him on what to say to me. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. This is just a, a total bullshit story told by a fake karate master named Frank Dukes. Um. Yeah, still I, one hell of a story. Still a great story. The guy's right. Great idea for a fucking movie, you know. And um, you know, we we were talking about um analogs for Street Fighter, and I feel like a lot of Jean Claude Van Damme movies fall into that. Mm-hmm. that so you're saying so maybe 
casting him as the lead in Street Fighter the movie was it was probably a good thing. Then, I do right? kind of. Right. I mean, it, it doesn't like on paper and you're thinking about what when Street Fighter came out it was like 93 or four. I'm just glad they didn't decide to whitewash Ryu and make him Ryu. That would have been <laughs> well, that would have looked real bad right now. in <laughs> yeah. 2022. I guess that does, that keeps it from dating ever so much more than it already has. Right. right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Bloodsport, um, it's a great idea and it feels like a tournament from an anime. Mm-hmm. I was watching it now as an you know older viewer of media. I've watched a lot of anime, and there's always tournaments. And man, this is just right out of a fucking anime. Everybody knows those are the best episodes. <laughs> yeah, right. There's like literally the most compelling scenes, and uh, it's where all the stakes are really high, usually like they are in this film. Mm-hmm. And you got a great villain. You know, uh, I know John loves. Um, Chung Lee in this film. I forget. Yes. I'm forgetting the actor's name. What is his name again? Bolo. Bolo. Bolo Young. Bolo Young. Um, I think he's a better. You think I, he's better than, than I don't, Tong Po? I don't think he's as brutal as Tong Po. I really Tong don't. Po is like, like literally literal Satan. Like he is Satan. <laughs> he is Satan in Kickboxer. So I don't think Bolo is, is on that level no. in terms of eat like. Tonkpo is like literal. Like I would have nightmares about Tonkpo. I wouldn't have nightmares about Bolo. I would be like that. Bolo's cool. I wouldn't mind. Bolo's cool. Bolo. Bolo is cool. Bolo's, Bolo's, Bolo's a cool, cool villain. That's that's kind of where I was coming is from. fucking scary. He's a scary. I don't want to be anywhere near Tonkpo. He looks terrifying in Hitbox. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it looked like he, did they do something with his eyes too? I, I like, think. Uh, I think the did they actor... give him contacts or some shit. Or mm-hmm. that dude's just fucking. I'm pretty sure the actor isn't Asian, so there's a little bit of yellow face going on there. Oh no! <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. But back to Bloodsport. Uh, I just want to get the Rotten Tomato score real quick. As a, uh, a Rotten Tomato score, forty-six percent. Audience That's score. That's way too low, man. Come on. That is, these are all really low. And then come I, on, man. I, I think they're wrong. Come on. I think some of them are wrong. Chris, oh, raise the number. I was, expe- I was expecting at least this, at least a seventy, at least seventy. Audience what's score. The, what's 70, the score? Seventy four percent. All right. Well, Man of Steel was a good movie then, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, way more important fact here too. I want to. This is this. I want to track as we go along. Uh, budget two million dollars. Box office fifty million dollars. Wow! Fucking certified money maker. Nineteen eighty eight, baby. Certified money machine, dude. And you that, said they couldn't do it, Chris. That's a lot of money in today's inflation standards. This is a common thing with these movies, I will say, before we even get to it. It's very common. He made money. He made money for studios. A money maker. Money maker, man. All right. So uh, with Bloodsport done, I, I I think it might be the best of all of these, but let's keep let's keep chugging. Um, we have Kickboxer right, right after... Bloodsport in 1989. One two punch right there, man. Mm-hmm. Personally, I always thought Kickboxer came out first. I think it looks like an older movie. It looks older, yeah. It looks older. Uh, I don't know if you guys had that feeling, but I yeah, no, it does it. look older. It feels older. Maybe it's the locations, the location uh, choices, the film too. I think it's a cheaper film, film stock, stock, maybe the film maybe stock because like things are grainier. 
the kickboxer film is grainier. Man, they were going for that fucking that classic vintage look. You, know? <laughs> you mean they cheap? wanted to feel movies <laughs> vintage? Yeah, vintage, Chris. <laughs> vintage. Um, yeah, kickboxer's like, dope though. That's the great thing about Blu-ray is you see all of it. You can this. see it. You can see all the grain. Yeah, very much. Um, these movies have not aged well as far as that goes. Um, Directed by David Worth, written by Glenn A. Bruce. Uh, the most complete version of this film was the R18 Plus Australian VHS release. This version what contained, well, this version contained all of the original voice dubs and was fully uncut uh, of all the violence. All the violence, the original violence was still in there. This was actually a, a harder film uh, that this version was bloodier. Oh, it was bloodier? It was bloodier, yes, sir. I need to watch that version. However, unfortunately, this version had trims, trimmed scenes due to print damage, and the end fight was incorrectly edited. So it's kind of like you should watch it, but it's also not the best version to watch. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> as weird as that sounds. Um, Chris Williams of the LA Times stated the film was the dumbest action film of the year, citing its jarring ships in tone, insurmountable plot implausibilities, rampant racial stereotyping, uh, (laughs) superfluous nudity, and inhuman amounts of violence. And dancing, and JCVD dancing. He didn't say that, so he liked it. (laughs) That's what that proves. Um... This film. So what does that say about the Karate Kid, which is the PG-13 version of Kickbox? You know, that, gets, that got brought up in every review. Uh, how it was like how they, it was like an adult version of Karate Kid. And a lot of people didn't like that. A lot of reviewers. That's, this is a 36% of Rock. Yeah, but in Karate Kid, did they dip their fists in broken glass before they fought? Exactly. No, they didn't. <laughs> Cause, cause me and my cousin Joey, every time we'd be like, "Oh man, that's fucking glass, <laughs> dude. That's crazy that they're fight." Cause we, cause we were taking karate lessons at the same time too. So like, we would watch these movies and we'd be like, "Bro, do they actually fucking fight with broken glass in their hands and rope?" That's cute. Like, is this what Muay Thai really is? I want to do Muay what, Thai. Is this what we signed up for? <laughs> is this what we signed up for, for for when we did Muay Thai? And you know what? After that, I saw Hot Shots Part Two, and I just knew it was caramel the whole time <laughs> and toppings. That's what I remember the most about oh, Hot Shots Part Two. I remember two. that. Yeah, oh, yeah, me too. Where it was just dipping his hands in the caramel yeah. and, then, <laughs> and then the M&Ms. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty. Good. That's a pretty good joke. That's I'm not pretty, good that's joke. pretty good yeah. joke. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, so. I, I, I think this is a more intense R R rated Karate Kid. I mean, we really did. You watch the remake it. on Netflix, Chris? No, it was unwatchable. Really? <laughs> yeah. And Van Damme's in it. I'm oh, surprised no. you didn't add this to your list. I went with the time. I went with the time. And, and Batista, Batista played Tong Po this oh, time. So no. I was like, oh, maybe this would be fucking dope. Well, but the, it wasn't. Tong Po's name is Michael Asi. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's very much not. I mean, <laughs> let me see. Let's see. Let's see what. I think really he's fucking just, do this. He's either Turkish or French or I'm not sure. 
but I don't, <laughs> I don't think he's he's not Asian. <laughs> I don't think he is. Let me see. Terrifying. Tom, oh, no. what's his name? Michael. Michael O I S S. Oh, Kissy, Kissy, Q I S S I. Q I S S. He's Belgian Moroccan, so he's skirting the line there. I don't. I don't think it's very, very Thailand. It's very much not Thailand, but it's almost like if he's Belgian, he's probably one of um. Jean Claude's uh, boys. Then. Oh, nailed it! That's exactly. I think it's probably yeah. what it was because he shows up in another film um, that he's also has a pretty prominent role in. Um, yeah, so. does he have? Is he bald except for one long Tony pick, t- uh, ponytail too? Or no, Tony pick. He looks like a regular man now. <laughs> Come very, on, what did they do? They gave him fucking. They gave him fucking Freddy Krueger makeup treatment <laughs> to be to be Ty. Man, all right, now I'm getting mad. Now I'm getting a little mad at this point. Like <laughs> maybe, a, maybe I, he looks like a Moroccan man. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't like. Maybe I shouldn't like this movie. You get a little heated a little bit, a little bit, because that's kind of fucked up, man. Oh, it's very fucked. It's up. It's almost like I don't know. Well, John, it doesn't matter because this dude is supposed to represent fucking man. Yeah, you know, maybe this is. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm with the critics now with the fucking <laughs> racial stereotypes. It's kind of true. It's not like because. Really painting Thailand martial arts as like super violent and and evil. corrupt and yeah and, horribly yeah. corrupt, which I think might be worse when you're considering it is an actual fight, you know, like a like a martial. It's an art. actual fucking established, like yes. very highly regarded and and respected martial art. And well, now it is thanks to the God, the Devin Kopecks of the world loving <laughs> UFC and really respecting Muay Thai. But back then, maybe it might not have been as popular because of stuff like this, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, that, what were you going to say? Guy, white guy beats uh, Thailand at his own game, his own evil martial arts. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe um, I'm getting mad too. I uh, Kickboxer uh, had a budget of $2.7 It made $50 million again. So, wow! Dang, man, money machine, Chris. Wow, the 1989. Is that, uh, is that is that JCVD's nickname, the ATM? Whenever these guys <laughs> need money, they just went Dude, to the back ATM. In, back then, they only had 51 million dollars that they had. So the fact that he got all the money, <laughs> bro, there was only you one need, million other money Steve, circulating. Steve, you want you want to take your family on vacation to oh, the I'd love to, to? Oh, let's just make a Jean Claude Van Damme movie. And we'll, oh. We can make it happen. Ooh, uh, Chris, you, you need a new, Chris, you need a new Lamborghini? Oh, fuck. Let's, let's make, make let's make Kickboxer 2. Let's make Lionheart the sequel. Make... <laughs> Part due because he's French. You trying to retire? You trying to retire? <laughs> yeah, trying Boom, to retire early? JCVD film, baby. Yeah, John Clavet <laughs> was the Bitcoin of of uh actors. But hold in on. The 90s. Here comes the 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 nineties the crash here, here comes, comes the nineties the, the Bitcoin Steve you're not you're not one hundred percent wrong because the next film we're going to be talking about is Lionheart and it didn't make as much at the box office as the I mean other let's two. okay all right let's look at the formula for Jean Claude Van Damme movies real quick first movie does, is named split. Blood Sport the second movie Kickboxer he does the split third in both movie, of those movies he does Lionheart. <laughs> One, it sounds soft because the word heart is in it. Yeah, you're right. Wait, Chris, two, does he do it doesn't sp- have kicking or blood. <laughs> does, he do a, does he do a split in Lionheart? He doesn't. Oh, man. Did we, did we 
think we find the break? Did you find the break in the formula? Guys, guys, I I really want to talk about this because this is the the surprise. The movie I mentioned. Oh, this is the surprise. This Chris and you kind of you kind of you kind of shrugged it off and laughed. I did. Are you watching Lionheart? And you're like, yeah, I'm gonna watch it. Trash. (laughs) And now look at you, fucking got Lionheart, uh, dad cap and a t-shirt. I'm gonna tell you something. Loving it. It's it's got a heart. I mean, like the title. Oh, suggests. a literal lion heart. <laughs> it I has see. heart, baby. It, it has does a, have heart. It, it does have heart. You, listen, Jean Claude Van Damme's character in this, it, Lion, L Y O N. That's his name. <laughs> yeah, Leon, Leon. Okay. First off, let me preface all of this by saying this movie is so silly. Like it is, it is straddling Whoa. the line of satire. It really Dude, is. Dude, Ellie, Ellie from uh, Last of Us. Is in is in this movie, I guess. Yes, Ashley Johnson. Right, she is. Oh yeah, I know who she is. I know who she. She's the daughter. Yeah. Okay, so the plot of Lionheart, if you haven't she's seen Ellie. it, is uh, uh, Lion is in <laughs> is in the Lion Gautier. He's in the French Foreign Legion. His brother, a drug dealer, gets burned uh, alive. Jesus Christ! Gets burned alive. He finds out. He finds out that he knows that he has a wife and and, she, and they have a kid. And he's like, I gotta leave the French Foreign Legion and go home and take care of my. You don't my... just leave the French Foreign Legion, though. Exactly. You can't. And they try to track him down, but the little girl <laughs> who is the daughter of his brother is no other than Ashley Johnson, who's on Critical Role and. And the, the Last of Us and The, the Last of Us. Us Part Two, <laughs> yeah. where she sings songs and it's, sad, and she has red curly hair and she looks <laughs> like Ronald McDonald in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, Man. The, this movie's got heart. It's got a good character development. Lion is treated like shit from the first minute of this movie he is a uh, nobody wants him around everybody's chasing him trying to to restrain him and keep him for themselves it seems like is the big thing like he is such a powerful strong fighter that everybody wants a piece of this guy um what was the coolest sad. fight the coolest fight is the was it uh, in the was it in the parking garage or the was, pool it was Which in one? the it's the parking garage against the scottish guy <laughs> It's a great scene. No, no, it's not a parking garage. It's a it's an aircraft hangar oh, yeah, with yeah, cars yeah. in a circle, cars and they're using in a circle that are using their headlights to light to it, light the ring. It looks like something out of Street Fighter. It's actually pretty pretty genius if you think about it, like it, the way they set it up. And it's a bunch of fucking salarymen rubbing their money together. <laughs> the Scottish guy wearing a kilt, coming out here, Dude. ready to fight. And but it was it was the was it the Brazilian the Brazilian guy in um. Was he Brazilian? Attila, who he fights at the end. No, the guy he fights in the pool, in the shallow pool. Oh yes. Uh, was he Brazilian? I think he might was have it been Brazilian, Spanish, maybe Mexican, because they were in L.A. Uh, I would imagine because he had like he had like long black hair. It was kind of hard to tell. But he was fighting like Capoeira, though, right? He, he was. was. He was fighting Brazilian style until he started drowning Leon. Hold on, the This movie is fun. It's silly. Like I said, you can laugh. Attila, the scariest fighter. I think he's from Mongolia or something. Uh, he he shows up on a on a jet because he's he's flying in to fight Leon for the big fight, 
and he has a tiny dog with him that he's petting, <laughs> like a like a Bond villain. <laughs> so silly. This movie is it's it's like it's it's silly. It's written almost. I wouldn't say like a Mel Brooks movie, but it like sometimes it gets real close to just being satire. Um, but it's got a heart and characters that you care about. And uh, uh, Leon's coach, who is a uh, African-American gentleman from the streets who used to be a boxer. He is great. He's got so much charisma. He kind of is the comedic relief of the film. But there's so much other silly shit going on that it's like he's just normal. <laughs> like Part of it. Um, yeah, the direct in, uh, so th- this is the little fact I wanted to tell you guys about that you're gonna, I think you're gonna get a kick out of this. This is funny. Uh, director Sheldon Latish, who came back, this is the guy who wrote, uh, Bloodsport. He's directing this film. Uh, Lionheart was the defining film for Van Damme because it, it did not shy away from giving him considerable, considerable amounts of dialogue and character development throughout the film. So that's 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 the one part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other thing that he goes on to talk about is, while Latesh was filming a scene where Van Damme takes a shower in Cynthia, who's this rich woman that uh, brings, she basically sets up fights. <laughs> Ridiculous. Well, when Van Damme was taking a shower in Cynthia's apartment, he asked, he asked the director if he might casually drop his towel and show his ass to the camera. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. This became a trademark for Van Damme. <laughs> just, it's just butt cheeks. Showing his bare ass. And Master it, cheeks. This movie didn't make a lot of money, but it set sort of a standard that you're going to see Van Damme's ass in every movie that he's That's kind. You know what? That's kind of cool. <laughs> right I'll take it i mean he knew it he knew his audience was both male yeah, and female dude. and people were seeing it for other reasons outside the fighting might as well give him a show make some money too right hell yeah uh box office unfortunately was pretty low uh it made 24 million it cost 6 million so there's a little that's not great not the great for van damme yeah not quite the atm of, of the previous two the most upsetting part is this has i believe the lowest score on rotten tomatoes yes it does 31 percent on rotten tomatoes it's just people reading the synopsis and just throwing numbers out there at this point That's, i'm convinced i'm kind of thinking that too i think a lot of people didn't see this because they thought it was run of the mill van damme and i just think there's more to it i think this yeah. is a decent, interesting character surprise. Drama. It was the biggest surprise of the lot. You think? I, I think so. I think a lot of these other movies. I'm I glad you liked like this one because I remembered it being. I mean, as a kid, it was badass. So, <laughs> I wouldn't have been surprised. It was absolute garbage. I kind of think it's my second adult. favorite. I think. Wow, Bloodsport, it's a Bloodsport. Then, then Lionheart. Wow. Okay. And then our next film, Universal Soldier. Oh boy. I remember this. I remember this movie. I remember being hyped for this because Dolph Lundgren was in it, too. And you know what? He's good in this. I really like him as a villain. (laughs) He plays it really well. It was also like sci-fi. Was this like the first sci-fi Van Damme movie, I guess? Yeah, I think so. This was like in that time period where it was like this. It was like Stargate. Yeah, yeah. Like, like there was a lot of like these like science fiction <clears throat> movies all coming out in the nineties. I'll tell you what, though, I think this was 
a Terminator ripoff, one hundred percent. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. completely. I think completely that's. I, I, it's got a cool concept. Like I like the idea of dead soldiers being resurrected by the government to, to act as like assassins and stuff. That's a cool concept. I don't hate that. Um, and I like like Jean Claude Van Damme plays it pretty well. I mean, he plays mm-hmm. it like Arnold played Terminator. No emotion, no pain. Uh, but Dolph Lundgren, I think he adds like a scary element. This to is it. this is the. I'm just going by memory here because I didn't watch these the, this week. But Dolph Lundgren's character is the guy that would wear the ears of his victims around 100%. his necklace, right? Oh my god! Okay, this so, is a good movie. This is a good movie. Dolph, on nostalgia, nostalgia. Dolph, Dolph Lundgren, uh, his who he was <laughs> before he died was a lieutenant in Vietnam who went crazy and started cutting the ears off. <laughs> Of random mm. villagers and wearing so them cool. like a necklace, which actually happened in Vietnam by the Green Berets. So wow! So it's there's some truth to it. There's some truth to it, um, which is scary. Uh, but yeah, Lundgren plays it so well. And when he's when he's a Universal Soldier or a U.S. as they call them, uh, <laughs> or a U uh, Unso Unso is also the oh, name Unso and Unso. Um, <laughs> Wow. Yeah, when he plays it, he sort of gives me like a Frankenstein vibe, and I like it. I really like it. I think it works really well. I mean, they, these guys are basically Frankenstein's, right? Right, right. You know, I think <clears throat> I think he plays emotionless a little bit better than Jean Claude, in my opinion. Um, so at the 1992 Cannes Film Festival, Van Damme and Lundgren were involved in a verbal altercation that almost turned physical when both men pushed each other only to be separated. Lundgren later went on to say that it was a publicity stunt for the movie. Oh, I like that. Mm. But I don't believe it. I don't believe it either. <laughs> I like it, but I don't believe it at all. Yeah, this this smells like horseshit, right? I'm not the only one who thinks that. I think, uh, I I think, yeah, I can see it. I can see that being real. And then they brush it off later saying, no, no, it's just whatever. I think Van Damme had a little bit of a a cocaine problem at that time too. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it sounds about right. Yeah. I, I, I like, I really like this movie. It's directed by Roland Emmerich, which I didn't know that going into it. I kind of forgot about this movie a little bit. Uh, Roland Emmerich, he did like uh, Independence Day and The Day After Tomorrow. But this like has a lot of big epic fight scenes and action scenes with huge explosions. It's like a proto Michael Bay sci-fi movie. Mm. Yeah, um, sounds about right. And it works. Works really well. I I think this is my third favorite. No, this is not my third favorite. I We didn't get to my third favorite yet. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I, I, I'm getting my I'm getting my my order mixed up. I don't want to do that. So let's let's get back on track here. Uh, this holds a 34% of Rotten Tomatoes, an audience score of 46%. Uh, this has a budget of 23 million and made Ooh. 95 million. Okay, so kind of ATM ish. ATM, sir. This made a lot of money for. I, I mean, this it seemed like a big, uh, like it probably came out in the summertime too. Like this seemed like that kind of movie. I think they said Labor Day, and it had no other movies that came out. Yeah, so everybody Labor Day. see this. Yep, man, they lucked out, or they picked the right weekend. I think it was planned. I think they knew there wasn't going to be. It was going to be a soft week. So they're yeah. like, "Oh, you like Terminator? Well, we got some for you on Labor Day. Come to the theaters, baby. We got you." 
All right. So after Universal Soldier, we move on to Hard Target, which is a Devin uh, Devin Kopeck favorite. And actually, the reason why Devin Kopeck is not here because I told him that I never saw Hard Target. And he moved, uh, or I moved. He he took a trip. No, you're right. He moved to Texas. <laughs> he moved to New Orleans uh, to investigate the the truth behind Hard Target because he <laughs> thought it was a documentary. And uh, we won't be seeing him again. So uh, <laughs> that's it. His uh, his rich uncle Ted Cruz <laughs> hired him to help him work in uh, Louisiana. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um. Yeah, this film is directed by John Woo. Did anybody else know that? I did, I did not, not know that. Know that. <laughs> is that why this was a good movie? Not only was it directed by John Woo, it was produced by Sam Raimi. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. What the hell? What was going on? Was it Sam, right? was it Sam Raimi's was it Sam Raimi's um call for the hair? So <laughs> Sam Did he do the character design? What Sam Raimi's job was on the film was to oversee production, of course. But the studio was really worried about bringing John Woo onto an American film. This would be his first American film because he did not speak very good English. So they thought if he had John Woo had to leave because he couldn't direct the full movie because he couldn't he didn't know his English very well, Sam Raimi would take over and direct the film. That would have been insane. (laughs) Half John Woo, half Sam Raimi. But I have to say, I, I... I don't. I this is not in my top three. I, after all of that, I, I I there is too much slow motion in this movie. <laughs> I mean, I mean it's, it's John Woo. Woo. I yeah. know it's John Woo, and I get that. But I've watched a lot of his other movies, and I've seen them, and he does not have as much <laughs> slow motion. Maybe as this is the one where they're like, "Buddy, cut it back a well, little." Maybe maybe they need <laughs> slow motion. Maybe they need a slow motion to carry uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme to John Woo's standards. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe he was too fast. That's the thing, too, is they said the original, uh, I think the original choice, John Woo wanted Kurt Russell. That role. doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever at all. I would love to see that. I would have loved to see that, too. I mean, Kurt Russell, I, I feel like Kurt Russell is better with a gun than Van Damme is. Well, like this movie... But Van Damme, I think, I don't know. I think John Woo kind of changed a lot of the action for Van Damme. To fit Van Damme's style. Exactly, exactly. So we might have gotten... We might have got completely different action scenes with Kurt Russell than we got with Van Damme. Um, But, like, I I don't know. I feel like if I was directing Van Damme, like, he does a lot of good fight things that I love. Like, he he cuts on the hits, which you're supposed Mm -hmm. to do. Beautiful work there. Uh, his gunfire, his gunfight scenes, fucking incredible. You have Jean-Claude Van Damme jumping through a window, sliding on the floor, shooting I mean, up with two pistols. It's John Woo. Great shit. It's, it's John Woo. He's but like every, the king of that. Everything outside of that is <laughs> slow motion. And I, it's kind of a pet peeve when I see it nonstop. It is nonstop mm. in this movie. Um, I think the performances are really solid. I think Lance Hendrickson is great as the villain. I think you have a lot of really solid uh, uh, action scenes that are that are directed by John Woo. But I think I know the reason why. I think Woo said, and Woo said he, he made dozens of cuts to secure an R rating with the MPA. They were particularly hard on this film. And I kind of think it's because he was Chinese. 
I think yeah. that had something to do with it a little bit. Um, but I yeah, see that. I think the cuts are relevant because I feel like that's where the slow motion comes in so much. I think there a lot of this was cut out of this film, which stinks. It sucks. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I think as a whole, I think it's a good movie. It's not in the top three of these films for me, though. Mm. Um, it holds the highest Rotten Tomato score. It has a, a, four, a 58% with an audience score of 49%. Box office, $74 million. It was a $20 million movie. Like, wow. It should be better than it is in, on paper, but I don't know, man. I don't think it is. I think these there are, there are better Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. Though there's a scene where he punches a snake and then bites the rattle and off bites of the it. rattle that's off. Really that's really bad. That's really badass. Listen, there there are great scenes in this. That's that's a fact. Great scenes, really cool direction, but it's just a it's just too much slow motion. Way too much. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's hard target. So uh, we're moving on, of course, to the last film of the Jean Claude evening. And that movie is Time Cop, of course, <laughs> which is the only film out of all of these that I saw in theaters as a child. I I went to go see Time Cop, <laughs> and I loved it back when I was a kid. Of course, you did, and I Why like it you? now. I like it now. Uh, still solid. Still fucking solid. Uh, it's it's another science fiction film with Jean Claude Van Damme. It has really simple rules for time travel it's not overly complicated you could sit there and try to poke holes in it and I, every time travel movie you, you you can do that with right but this is yeah. fun and he does a split in it so. i used to have i mean it's like a pertinent plot deciding split you see, too. His butt cheeks? You see butt cheeks in this one too you don't see his butt cheeks. <sighs> you see butt no, cheeks he, does, hard he, does it, he does it on yeah. a kitchen counter to prevent himself from getting electrocuted, if I if I remember, he's wearing correctly. underwear. Yeah, so he's wearing some tidy whiteies. He's wearing some uh, tidy so whiteies. You can kind of see the master cheeks in there, I guess, a little bit. You can see some cheeks, and and I think that's important because I think you need to in every Van Damme movie. Those are the solid. The Come on, the, bun, the buns of steel, baby. The buns of steel. It's got a nice butt. You know, I used to done. have a cardboard standee from the movie theater of this movie. I think we, of Jean Claude. I think this was. I, and I, I, by the numbers, I think it's his most profitable, most popular. It was $101 million this movie made. Wow. And a $28 million budget. Come on, as a child, I was very open to like insane movie premises. And like, this sounded like an insane movie premise. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like this has the dumbest, <laughs> if not the worst looking CGI, but it's only at the very end of the movie. And the concept is in this film, uh, mass, the same mass can't share the same space. So if you're traveling through time and you see your past self, you cannot touch your past self Mm -hmm. because you will turn into a giant blob of ground beef (laughs) and screams. (laughs) Oh my God. Which is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Uh, But beyond that, this movie is really cool. It offers a lot of cool different time settings. Um, it offers you a good glimpse of what a time cop is before he kind of has to go rogue. Because mm-hmm. the, that first scene where he goes back to the 1920s is the best scene in the movie, in my opinion. 
um, where he fights the old gentleman who's like, I got Jack Johnson right here. And I forget the <laughs> other guy's name, but, and then they, uh, they go at it and he punches him in the dick, <laughs> which is a common thing in all of these movies. Oh my God. There's a, there's a common, there's a common theme in all these movies where Jean-Claude Van Damme will look like he's going to have like a big fight scene, sort of like Indiana Jones, but he catches their leg and punches them straight in the dick <laughs> and it ends the fight scene. <laughs> I it's, mean, that would end any fight scene. Right. In real life. I agree. I mean, it's, I think that it's on, hurt. it's on par with Indy shooting the guy with the swords. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the nineties was like the period where it's like you punch someone in the groin once and you won it's the over. fight. You it's won the over. fight. It's over. Mortal Kombat. We all Mortal saw that. Kombat, baby. <laughs> he punches Goro in the nads and the formed monster just insta dies. <laughs> he's, he's like a dragon thing that apparently has the dick and balls in that same spot that all humans uh, do. Uh, Robocop. He shoots the guy Ooh, in the dick. He does. He and does. And ends the fight. Immediately solved that case. No yeah. paperwork needed. Dick dick damage was the thing in yes. the late 80s, early 90s, and Jean-Claude Van Damme never shied from Dick Damage. I'm not going to lie. If there was a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie named Dick Damage, it would be his <laughs> highest grossing film. Where he always, like, they always go high, and he always does a split. And he always goes low. He, he goes low. <laughs> punches Every him time. Dick. They actually originally wanted Jean-Claude Van Damme to be in Mortal Kombat as Jean-Claude Van as, Damme. Uh, what? As Johnny Cage. Not as Johnny Cage. Johnny Cage, the character, was turned into Johnny Cage because... Because, because they couldn't get Van Damme's uh, paychecks, right? No, it's just like he turned it down. He was like, no, that sounds stupid. Oh, come and on. He, he would have been Street Fighter years later. Oh, no, shit. I know, I know, but like they were going to base that whole pre- like that whole franchise around him. Bro, that well, would have been bad for Mortal Kombat, though, I think. Is is Johnny Cage Jean-Claude? Is that supposed to be... It's the character that was going to be Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, I... Oh, no, I mean, like, in the video game. Do you think they based Johnny Cage? Oh, no, no, it is definitely based on Jean-Claude, because, you know, his whole thing was he does splits and That's punches right. people splits, in the gonads. Yeah. And okay. he's a movie star. I wanted to cement that, because I feel like we all sort of knew that, but we didn't put... You know, like it was there in the back of our head. Yeah, I didn't. I like, didn't really think about it. 100%. Years later, there was like a thing that came out that was like talking about how they wanted to bring Johnny Cage in, or not Johnny Cage, uh, Jean Claude Van Damme. Johnny Cage Van Damme. Johnny Cage Van Damme. JC. JC. D. JC. <laughs> well, I will say, uh, Time Cop is a great film. It's another film produced by Sam Raimi too, which is really cool. <laughs> Fucking love that shit. Uh, everyone on set apparently knew it was going to be a hit. And it marks JCVD's most successful box office. So they all knew. It was like, this is going to be big, baby. Time Cop was the one. He knew it. This uh, is the one, baby. I, I'm like I said, the only Jean-Claude Van Damme film I saw in theaters. So apparently it worked. Uh, Rotten Tomato score of 42% with an audience score of 36%. And it marks... Uh, uh, Jean-Claude, I think this might have been the peak, guys. I think it all was downhill after Time Cop, unfortunately. But So that is it for the Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. And I will uh, tell you my ranking right now. Uh, number one on the list. Or should I go should I go to the bottom first? 
Bottom first. Bottom, bottom first. first. Bottom first. Yeah, yeah. Start negative and then go positive. Okay. I unfortunately am going to put hard target at the bottom. I, I oh no wonder Devin's not here. I, he was crying. He's probably crying right now. And I gotta say, I just oh, it's too much slow motion. Really fucking grinds my gears. Yeah, man. to post Zack Snyder world it doesn't feel good. It really doesn't. And I'm I'm so I'm so present of it. I'm tell I'll tell you this. Like we watched Thor Ragnarok again the other day, and the slow motion. There's a lot of slow motion in there that we don't give enough negative credit to Taika Waititi for. You're right. And watching it again, I was like, ah, we could have done without all those slow motion scenes. Yeah, there's a lot of slow motion in like a classic rock, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, classic rock. Maybe maybe that's what they were raised on. They were raised on these JCVD films (laughs) and John Woo flicks. Um, Okay, so uh, number five on this list. it's going to be Kickboxer. I I feel like it has aged the poorest out of all of the, his films. I think there is some racial issues there, too. There are, yeah, there are blatant mm. racial issues that I weren't, wasn't aware of until today. So I, I guess what makes Karate Kid easier to to swallow is, is they're all white. They're all so white. So it's fine. And they're all white. And, and, <laughs> Except for Mr. Miyagi. And if anything, you know, Danny LaRusso is, you know, he's Italian. So that's like, they're I mean, all back like in the white, 80s, blonde haired, blue eyed kids. That was basically the most ethnic thing you could put in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Um, my, my next pick for number four uh, would be Universal Soldier. I think it's a good film. Um think there's some really cool action in it but i feel like the next three have a little bit more character a little bit more a little bit more interest in general um my number three is time cop i think it's i think it's a cool science fiction film that's crazy you know like in hindsight like time cop in my head like was fine but yeah you know i i did i i i definitely guess that would be yeah. You see, if you're looking at all of these in 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 the six films out of these six films, and you just base it on that alone, Time Cop is a really decent film. Yeah, it's really well structured. It's got mm-hmm. cool characters. It's got a, a revenge story that's always. easy. Do you think it was before its time? I do a little bit. I do. I think there were a lot of action films dabbling with time travel afterwards, and I feel like this film handled it the best because it was simple. It didn't overcomplicate it. Well, what's better? What would you rather watch? Time Cop or Demolition Man? Okay, so I'm probably going to go with <laughs> Demolition Man. Uh, okay. I will say because I feel like that has more of a comedic element. Yes. And that, They're very similar in vibe, though, I, I would say. They came out around the same time. I yeah. Think, yeah. I think Demolition Man is, is just... I think Wesley Snipes is a great villain, too. <laughs> like, he's fucking great. No, movie. no. Dude... <laughs> When they have like that fucking mind sex thing, that's when you're like, like now in 2022, you're like, oh, yeah, that was ahead of its time. Oh, they had some ideas then. Oh, they knew. And like uh, a cancel culture future too, yeah. where they're, everything's kind of offensive and they got rid of right. it, everything, you know, like yeah. very interesting things going on in Demolition Man. But I'm not going to denigrate Time Cop because of that. I think it's still a great movie. Uh, great in, in, in the context of Jean-Claude Van Damme. But was it as as cool as the Time Cop Super Nintendo cover? <laughs> what the fuck is that? Uh, I'm gonna post it. 
Um, that I need to see. Hold on, I'm going to post this because this looks wicked. So, oh, while Steve is posting that, my number two pick... I keep posting it in the wrong places. ...is l- is Lionheart. I was really surprised by this. I think it's the best Man, written Jean-Claude Van Damme awesome. movie. It's really fun. Feels it's silly. Good that from you. I, yeah, I and, it, and it's a kind of a feel good movie too. It's got a nice ending. It makes me happy. I mean, all these have sort of happy endings. But and Ellie's in it. And so fucking Ellie's in it. Ashley Johnson looking like Ronald McDonald. Um, yeah, Time Cop or that's dude. They just traced over a Cyclops like they did. Rob I know. Liefeld, uh cover. That's an Age of Apocalypse Cyclops uh, cover. <laughs> wild wow holy shit this was this was published by victrola entertainment the people who made the dog the dog like watching the well steve time cop (laughs) was a it was a comic book it was a a a mike richardson wrote a a three-part story titled time cop a man out of time wait was this before the movie like was the movie based off of it or was it like an adaptation dark horse comics in 1992 Wow. Okay. Yeah, back, yeah. Back in those days, everybody had a had a Dark Horse comic. I mean, this looks like a Judge. Was Dredd Judge Dredd comic. on Dark Horse too? <laughs> no. 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 Judge, Judge Dredd was two thousand AD. Two thousand AD. Yeah, they're mm. UK. Uh, my number one pick for best Jean Claude movie of the eighties, late eighties, early nineties is Bloodsport. I think it's. I think it's the best I mean, one. Yeah, I mean, I didn't expect it. it it's it hard. Not yeah, to be. it's hard to. It's classic. Yeah, great, yeah. simple, classic tournament film with all these interesting, cool little side characters that all have a little story in the beginning. They all have a little and, thing. And he got sand thrown in his face in the final fight. Yeah, and he couldn't see. That and happens again. Ass. It in uh, in Lionheart, the, a Scottish guy gouges his eyes for the like in the beginning of the fight. <laughs> He still kicks his ass. The same, <laughs> but it's the same. It's the same. Like same a lot shit. Bloodsport and Lionheart share a lot. Share a lot of the same DNA. Like it's yeah. it's, it's Jean Claude escaping the military that he voluntarily joined. <laughs> <laughs> Not any military. That's the French Foreign Legion, too. Right, and they're serious. They will track. They're you pretty back. fucking serious. They Don't mess around with them. Oh yeah, Tong Po is actually too about Lionheart. Tong Po. Was in it as one of the French Foreign Legion officers. Oh, of course he was. Not as a Thai fucking wraith, like a fucking mega ghost. He evil spirit. Yellow face. <laughs> That's why you look like a monster. Christ. Oh my god, dude. Man, I'm actually mad. We I'm made some, mad. We made mis- <laughs> we made a lot of mistakes in the 80s as a culture. You know what? I think I did. I I think I put kickbox 90s at 2006 or at five. It deserves to be at six. And hard target at five. That's okay. You've been hard target up in hindsight. I am because it didn't fucking you know <laughs> it didn't do that. That's terrible. Yeah, it didn't do all that garbage. Man, and I'm not even awesome. saying hard target's a bad movie. It's just I don't know if it's my top three. That, Would you? I mean, yeah, this is a dumb question. A Sam Raimi hard target. <laughs> <laughs> I think there would be a little less slow motion. A little less slow motion, a little more dark man in there, probably. Yeah, like that scene where he punches the snake. I that's fucking <laughs> sick if I've ever seen it, you know. <laughs> and there's like another scene in which like uh Jean-Claude Van Damme drops a grenade down someone's pants. Like that <laughs> it's fucking gold. All of it in slow motion. Ugh, this movie rules. This movie we're making rules. 
Um, yeah. <coughs> so that is my list of Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, my rankings. And that's another Galani and chill in the books, folks. I love it. Bloodsport. If you're going to watch one JCVD movie, sounds like Bloodsport. But yeah, also, hey, the, if you want to yeah, go down the lineage as well. I'd say Chris give, gave you the order. I'd say I'd say watch Bloodsport and then watch its more uh, dramatic, uh, uh, substantial version Lionheart. After <laughs> I love that because they're they're companion movies, in my opinion. So is is Lionheart like the surprise? The surprise you said it is. I, I'm glad, I, man. I'm I didn't glad expect. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did, and I was captivated. You know, I really was. I um, like the way they treated Leon in the film. Leon, 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 Leon. The way they treat—he's just treated like shit throughout the whole movie. Just taken advantage of throughout the whole movie, and he's got a good heart, and he's just trying to do the good thing. And that's always fun to watch, especially when it has to rooting do with for fighting. the underdog, rooting for the fucking. And he's not the underdog; he wins every fight. But like, oh, yeah, yeah, rooting for the guy who could kick everyone's ass. They're all betting against them, though, right? They do. Everybody. Yeah. Every, everybody continually bets against them, which is so Freaking stupid. idiots. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. And, you know, the villains get called out for that at the end, which is funny, too. Mm. Like, I, I really think there's some satirical elements to it that really work. And it makes me laugh. But, um, yeah, so that's it. I don't know what I'm doing next. Ooh. Ooh. Hmm. All right. Let me suggest, let me see, let me give you some like genres or like motifs and see if any of these pique your interest. Okay. What do you got? All right. Um, I would say off kilter families, like movies, like featuring like the idiots, like (laughs) the the idiots or I'm sorry, the stupids. I think it was, uh, or uh, in my head, I was thinking like the Adams family, the monsters, like the, the not, didn't American I, families. Didn't I watch the Adams Family movie? Oh, did you really? Yeah, I think you did. Now I think yeah, about you it. Did. Never mind. Never right. mind. Um, you got something else. You got what else? What else? What else? What else? All right. Else, Here you go. Um, I mean, off off a of time cop. What if we did uh, time travel movies, and you could interpret which you think is the most entertaining forms of time travel, and which one is the most like believable time travel premise. Well, I feel like Terminator 2 would just win. Oh, yeah, Terminator 2. Yeah, we're going oh, from Primer to Back to the Future is where we're at right <laughs> yeah, now. Primer back, yeah, yeah, you're going from A to B, baby. That is, A to Z. Yeah, really like the most <laughs> serious time travel film that actually seems like it could happen versus fun fucking 80s. We turned our car into a DeLorean. <laughs> sorry, we turned a car into a time machine. Never mind. We turned our Here's car one. into a DeLorean. Steven Spielberg World War II Ooh. movies. World War II movies? How many has he done? I mean, if you're going to count... Um, Same with Private his, Ryan. His shows, too. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe maybe I'm thinking of the shows. I mean, he did Band direct Rollers. the shows. Band but Rollers. Yeah. I mean, you he also got Schindler's 1941. List. You got 1941. Oh, oh, you've got terrible. Schindler's List. Schindler's you've List. got Saving Ooh. Private Ryan. Oh, oh, oh. You've got uh, that other one too. What is? You've it? got oh. Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> wait, that wait, wait. You've got some of them. You have some of them. You can't do Temple of Doom because that takes place before. Okay, says so Spielberg World War II movies. Uh, Empire of the Sun. Empire of the Empire Sun. Of the Sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. War, War Horse. Oh fuck! Wait, Holy did he direct wow. letters from Iwo Jima? Wait, wait, Warhorse. I, I thought that was. 
wasn't Warhorse World War One? Or my that might be World War oh, I? Don't know. That might be World War One. Letters from Iwo Jima. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Letters from Iwo Jima. Yeah, yeah. War, War Horse is World War One. Letters from Iwo Jima was directed by. That's uh, Clint Eastwood. It was produced by Clint, Clint Eastwood. Who directed it? I thought it was directed by. Oh him. yeah, yeah. It was directed by him. Okay, my bad, my bad. So Schindler's uh, List. Did he direct Flags of Our Fathers? No, that's Clint Eastwood too. Why is it coming up in this? Yeah, list? why are these coming up? He produced. He them. produced them. I think oh, they're producer. I think those are Amblin production yeah well i mean like still though like 1941 yeah. uh, empire of the sun schindler's list saving private ryan and then you could just throw some fucking indiana jones in there too well this is kind of a treat for me these are these are kind of like Spielberg easy movies. watches you know except for schindler's list <laughs> easy watches <laughs> <laughs> schindler's list is gonna be rough what's that there's another one that i'm missing <clears throat> goodbye juice <laughs> <Remember>? <laughs> I think it's real weird that Chris watched 1941 immediately after Schindler's List. Also, that makes the most sense. Companion like, films. I need, I need something to look at companion films. Companion films, man. I mean, whatever, yeah, whatever you have in store for us, Chris, I'm I'm excited. I don't hate that Steven Spielberg World War II. Thing. It's a pretty good one. It's That's pretty good. Was, one. was Munich good. World War II? Um, you could also do Steven Spielberg alien invasion movies, too. I think there's the same amount. <laughs> Like E.T., uh, War, War of the Worlds. To be uh, honest, I Close think... Encounters of the Third Kind. I think I'd rather do World War II movies. Just, like, to, uh, just to whittle it down. I like that list better. Yeah. Is Munich a World War II movie? I guess. I never watched it. They're hunting uh, Nazis. They're hunting Nazis in it, so... I would say... It's after World War II. But is it considered a World War II... Movie. probably not probably not. oh i guess not oh this one man i should watch this this actually this was like a good movie yeah. <laughs> I read the uh read the uh synopsis. i never i didn't know anything about it it's about Mossad, right going after yeah. nazis yeah that's pretty cool i haven't i've never seen it too it's, uh, just be... throw that in there all right well, let, me know, stew maybe maybe let me stew yeah, on stew, this let me yeah, yeah, stew on a spielberg spielberg there could be i could have a list somewhere that i forgot too I've been writing some stuff down, so just watch, make sure you watch West Side Story as well. Just <laughs> yeah, that you should you know that's a post World War II America, so <laughs> and Ready Player One. Oh, no, Don't no, forget no. that. One. So that's no. a post post World War II America. No, thank you. Just make Hitler sure you should have won, in. so we didn't. Oh my god, Ready oh, Player no. One. Oh no! You know, in that universe, somebody, <laughs> dude, somebody's guaranteed to be Hitler in Ready Player One universe. <laughs> And you're like, ah, oh, this mother, this fucking Nazi motherfucker. Or you could just do World War II, like popular World War II movies in general, not just make it Steven Spielberg. If I were to do maybe that, pick, maybe pick one premier director and one World War II movie they did because there's been so many of them. I'll be honest, I'd rather do, I'd rather do World Spielberg. War Spielberg. I'd rather do World War uh, One. World War One. Really Are there a lot of World War One movies? Well, that's the thing because then I would have a let like a smaller, a smaller list. Oh uh, yeah, you know, yeah. and make it a little easier to pick at that point. Warhorse and Wonder Woman. <laughs> Warhorse, Wonder Woman, Pass the Glory, All Quiet on the Western Front. You know. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some there's some hitters. In uh, there. Dun- is Dunkirk World War One? Dun- uh, Dunkirk's World War Two. Oh fuck. Uh, the, Isn't what's there it just called? a World War One movie? Nineteen Seventeen. Nineteen Seventeen. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Sam Mendes, man. 
So yeah, I oh, man, there's some really good World War II movies though. I know there Holy are. Shit. I know, but there's too many of them. I I, I many, feel you yeah. on that. There's there's, too there's like many. I mean, that was like you know that was like the slam dunk of wars for like people. <laughs> it's so romantic. You had like a it's true like monster to they yeah. To it's like really hard to like be like well you know well I mean some people found a way to both sides it yeah but. Oh man, because I was gonna say World War II movies, you could probably throw in um Grave of Fireflies too. Grave of the Fireflies, oh Bridge Over River Kwai. There's yeah. there's just classics on classics on classics here. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I think Yeah, it it's like too, too many. That's too many. It's too much. Like even Vietnam, I think I could whittle down to a So Empire of the Sun is World War One, right? Yeah, World War Two. Is that World War Two? That is World War Two. With a young uh, Christian Bale. Yes, it is. And that's a great oh, yeah. movie. I really like Empire of the Sun. Yeah. Fuck. So that's it, folks. I think that about sums it up for this episode of Galani and Chill. Uh, we will pick a movie list that I will be watching this month soon. So keep in, keep tuning in. Uh, it won't be Jean-Claude Van Damme again. Maybe sometime in the future I'll do his later work. I don't know why I would. You'll do you'll do Steven Seagal <laughs> next. No, I won't. Hate Quest. No, no, I won't. I'm not. Gonna, I ain't <coughs> sprinkle in his uh, SNL. His SNL. Hey, I'll uh, do Wesley episode. Snipes movies or something. Ooh. Ooh. Maybe you should just do Blade. Well, that would be in there, right? Oh, but Demolition Man would be in the Wesley Snipes. So in- what else? Uh, U.S. Marshals. White man US- can't jump. White man, white man can't jump. Which is kind of uh, topical because they're remaking that movie. Oh, really? U.S. Marshals. You know, Stanley Kubrick said that was one of his favorite movies in the 90s. Wow, really? Of course it was. That was a good movie. I love it, too. I love it. It's a great movie. movie. I love that movie. Love that movie. Uh, Yeah, we got a lot. We got a lot of choices. But uh, as far as tonight goes, that's it, folks. You have a good night and keep on chilling.